KMTT Friday Zayin Tishrei Erev Shabbat Kodesh Shabbat Shuvah Parshat Ha'azinu And for today, the last few Erev Shabbat programs we dealt with Tfilot Rosh Hashanah There were three sessions one on Malchiot one on Zichonot one on Shofrot So today we're going to have the obvious uh, parallel. We're going to have on Tfilot Yom Kippur, my best, Harav Tavori, Av Benjamin Tavori, who will speak about uh, the special nature of Tfilah on Yom Kippur. Harav Tavori. On Yom Kippur, we dive in many tefillahs and we add the special tefillahs ne'ilah. In a certain sense, we dive in Mariv, we dive in Shachris, we dive in Musaf, we dive in Mincha, in order to get to the moment of ne'ilah. And when we dive in ne'ilah, we say... Vatiten lanu Hashem elokeinu biava es yom akipurim hazeh. Kates mechila slicha alkol avonoseinu. We talk about the fact that Hakadosh Baruch Hu gave us Yom Kippur, the day of Kates mechila slicha on all our averos, and then the text says leman nechdal me oshek yadenu. Now, if I'll skip one phrase, and I would translate and say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the day of Yom Kippur, the day of Ketz, Mechila Slicha, Leman, in order that we should, Nashuv Elecha, that we should do Tshuva. Lasaz Chukei Ritzonucha Belev Avshalem, to do all your desires, all of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Ratzon, with a complete heart. It would make sense. But there's a phrase in between. In order to stop Oshek. Now what is Oshek? The simple meaning of Oshek is a type of gazela, is a type of stealing. Is someone going to say that the purpose of Yom Kippur that's the purpose of Yom Kippur? To stop our Oshek? To stop our Gzela? That's all Yom Kippur is? The idea would be to study different Mepharshim and try to understand how each one would explain this phrase. Our shiur today will deal only with this phrase, and to show how different people with different types of personalities, different types of world outlooks, will explain this phrase. We'll begin with Rav Kook. Rav Kook says, as printed in his Sidur, Olat Re'iyah, you cannot imagine the pain of lacking the will 
for good, for holiness. And he goes on to explain that you have to do tshuva in order to reveal the true will of a person. And then he says, especially, b'yichud, tzaruch l'ashuv me'averas, me'averas shebanadam l'chaveru, v'rosh l'akom me'agezel shum ma'akevas ili haratam. Primarily, we have to stop to do tshuva from any avera between man and his fellow man, and above all, from Gezel, because that holds back the real desire for good. So, Rav Kook explained that the phrase, Leman that we should stop Gezela, is not an end by itself. That's only an emtsai. That's only a, a way to get, a means to get to the main cause, to the main idea that Yom Kippur was given to us, Lashuv Belefav Shalem. That's what it really means. Yom Kippur was given to us for, in order us to develop our own concept of Ratzon, in order to do Akadosh Baruchus Ratzon, Belefav Shalem. But in order to do that, you have to make sure that nothing will prohibit you from developing your true Ratzon. And these Averos of Oshek Yadenu could prohibit you from the idea of developing the full concept of Ratzon. So according to Rav Kook, is not really an end by itself. It's only a means to attain the real essence of Yom Kippur, which is Leman Nechtal the purpose is really a perush in America written by Rabbi David Cohen in his series of books about tefillah explains that the idea is only a method of making sure that our tshuva is accepted. Because the Lamdin's approach to this phase would be, really Yom Kippur is given for us to do full tshuva. The way Rav Kook explained it, the problem of Gezela prohibits our real doing tshuva because it doesn't, we can't reveal our tshuva Whereas Rabbi David Cohen would explain as he did in his Perush and Tefillah, that tshuva doesn't help. Real tshuva, ben adam lamakam, doesn't help. Ben adam lachavero doesn't help unless a person does tshuva for averus ben adam lachavero and asks mechila. As we know in the Rambam, in the beginning of Hilchus Tshuva says, you cannot do tshuva even by restitution of gazela unless a person asks Mechila, does the entire gamut of tshuva from A to Z, and re- besides repaying whatever he owes, he must ask Mechila Slicha Vekapara from the person whom he damaged. So the Lamdin would explain the Manechta Meoshek Yadeinu, not that that's the goal and purpose of Yom Kippur. Rather, the purpose is similar to what Rav Kook said, to do Ratzon Chabalev of Shalem. However, a person must 
have a prerequisite of of stopping the Averos, making restitution and atonement for the Averos, in order for him to actually attain the full Kapar of Yom Kippur, which is also both according to Rav Kook and Shibadel Chaim Tovim, Rav David Kaun, the idea of is not an end by itself. It's a means to attain Tshuva Gemur. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, in a Sefer quote that writes in his name, the Sefer called Kol Ram, was written in the name of Rabbi Moshe, quoting different ideas that he said on different occasions, they interpret this phrase in a third way. Typical of more of a real Musser approach, they talk about the tragedy of human existence. The school of Navardic was well known that they talked about Shifla Sa'adam. They talked about the low nature, the base nature of human personality. And they used to always try to break the human spirit in order to make him be what they thought was the right approach to Duchuva of Lev Nishbaivanitkev, a broken heart, of a broken soul, of a person who sees no value in his own life. And they felt that would help him do tshuva. And therefore the Chachmei HaMusar, and I said Rav Moshe Feinstein writes in this vein, that yes, it's true, we'll interpret the sentences as written verbatim. What is Yom Kippur for? You would think Yom Kippur is for the most exalted, most beautiful ideas of coming close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and, and discussing the higher levels of human being and human philosophy and human thought. And now, we see from the Tefillah of Yom Kippur, this is what man is. What was Yom Kippur given to us that we should stop from being a gazlan? We should stop from being a person who does not give what he's supposed to give, who takes what he's not supposed to take, who doesn't repay what he took without permission. So, the Chachme HaMusar would learn that Leman Nechdal Meoshek Yadeinu is to be interpreted literally. Yom Kippur was given for us not to be gazlanim, not to be bad. And a person who can turn himself around and somehow refrain just from being bad, somehow reaches the goal of Yom Kippur, which as I said before, is a rather limited approach to the possibility of human existence. I know what I am, and I just try to make sure that I'm not terrible. The last approach that I'd like to explain is what I've explained and what I've learned based on the thought of Rav Salavechik. The word Oshek in Hebrew, we generally talk about gazela, not taking something from someone. The truth is that Oshek really refers to holding back something that belongs to someone else. The Torah says, Lo ta'ashoket lo tigzol. Oshek means when I borrowed money and didn't repay it. When I owe somebody money, which I owe him in a very legal manner, I didn't do anything improper. I can borrow money, but when you don't pay it, that's Oshek. I can hire a worker, and if you don't pay him, that's Oshek. Gezela, on the other hand, refers to a case where you took something from somebody else, of course, you haven't yet returned it, 
But gazela is an act of gazela. Vayigzot achanit. I took something. Whereas oshek refers to the case where I didn't take anything illegally. What I have is legally correct. I have money, but I owe that money to someone else. I didn't pay him. That's called oshek. Rav Salvechik explained that somehow we owe something to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Yom Kippur should be a time where we try to give back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu the Oshek that we owe him. I'd like to try to develop this point a little bit according to the thought of Rav Salavechik. The Gemara says in Nida Daflamid that when a baby is born, Majbim also. HaKadosh Baruch Hu somehow imposes a shvua, an oath, on this person. The shvua is a tzaddik vati rasha. Is a person should be righteous, should do the right thing, and not to do what's improper, not to be a rasha, a bad or evil person. This shvua that was given to the person when he was born is explained by Rav Salavechik not, not just a generic shvua, but rather a certain task is given to each person when he's born. Every single person has a certain task, a certain responsibility, a certain shlichut, if you wish, a certain act of being a messenger to render, to deliver to God what he was told to do. When we say the night of Yom Kippur, the two nights of Rosh Hashanah, we say the David Mizmor, that chapter of Tehillim, which we recite with such pathos, the night of Yom Kippur, we say the words, Mi Who is the person who is fitting to ascend to the mountain of God. And then we answer surprisingly, Asher lo nafshi. The person who did not take an oath in vain. Now, at first glance, this seems very strange. I understand that many people are tempted by many different types of averos, and each person on Yom Kippur has to have his own cheshbon hanefesh, his own soul-searching to find out where did he go wrong, what did he do wrong this year. But I would assume that very, very few people have actually taken an oath in vain. A real shvua, a real oath, is generally not taken by people. And... In the unlikely case that it is taken, we know that every year we do Hatarat Nedarim, every year we say Kol Nidre, we somehow try to either annul or exonerate anything that we've said or done to imply a neder or a shvua. Is that the condition for which we would say, Mi Hashem? Who is fitting to walk in the mountain of God, to ascend the heights of God, a person who did not make a Shvat Shav, a Shvat Sheker, who's made a Shvat Shav, who made a Shvat Sheker? Rav Salavechik explained that this is referring to that mystical Shvuah. The person, when you're given, when you're born, you took an oath. At that oath, you were given a responsibility. 
And a person should make a cheshbon hanefesh. A person should try to make an analysis, to, to do introspection, especially on Yom Kippur, and say, Mi Hashem. Who is the person who really ascends the heights to God? The person who did not take that shvua in vain. The person who realizes his own responsibilities, his particular talents for which he, which he was given by God, the destiny for which he was created, the shvua which, to wit, of which he was administered when he was born. That shvua is the person that a person says, is the word, are the words that a person says, Mi ale bar Hashem, asher lo nafshi. The person who took that shvua seriously. When Moshe Rabbeinu said to God, after the Chet Egel, Moshe Rabbeinu gave God, as it were, an ultimatum. Moshe said to God, V'yata im tisachatatam, v'im ayin mecheni na misifcha shakatafta. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Moshe says, either you forgive them, or if not, erase me from your sefer, erase me from your book. HaKadosh Baruch Hu's response was apparently neither of the above. Whoever sinned, I will erase him from that book. Rav Salavechik explained, what is that book? What are we talking about? Which book did Moshe issue an ultimatum about? And what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu answer him? I'll erase the sinners from the book. And the Rav referred to the Medrash and Bereshis, Zeh Sefer told us, Adam, the Pasuk says, this is the book, the history of mankind. The Medrash explains, Melamed Sheheralo Dordarva Darshav Dordarva Sulfrav Dordarva Manhigav. HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed Adam Harishon, Zeh Sefer told us, Adam, the book of the history of mankind, that book was not just at the time of Adam, it was not just relating to that period of time, it's the history of mankind from the beginning of existence until the very end of the world. And in that book, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has a list of Dor Dor V'Darshav, Dor Dor V'Sofrav, Dor Dor V'Manigav. Every generation has its leaders, every generation has its own responsibilities. And your Shlichut, every single person's Shlichut, every single person's responsibility was written in that book. We have to somehow intuitively understand what is the book, what is written in that book, what is my line in that book, what is my responsibility in that book. Moshe knew, at least Moshe thought, that his responsibility was to take B'nai Yisrael out of Egypt, take them through the Midbar, prepare them to enter Eretz Yisrael. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you a tafkid, there is no doubt that a person can fulfill that tafkid. If a person gives you a responsibility, it would be impossible to assume that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did not give you the adequate prerequisites to fulfill that tafkid. Moshe understood his tafkid, and therefore he said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in order to allow me to fulfill my tafkid, Either you forgive them, and if you forgive them, then I can fulfill my tafkid of taking them from Mitzrayim through the Midbar, preparing them for Israel. However, if you do not fulfill 
the promise of Salachti Kedvarecha, if you do not forgive them, then I can't fulfill my Tafkid. If I cannot fulfill my responsibility, erase me from that book. It would be unfair to put me in that book if I can't fulfill my Tafkid. HaKadosh Baruch Hu can only give a Tafkid to someone who is capable of fulfilling that Tafkid. HaKadosh Baruch Hu must give him the Kochos HaNefesh, the necessity prerequisites to fulfill his Tafkid, to fulfill his responsibility. Otherwise, it would be unfair to put a Tafkid on a, on a, on a certain person. The Madrash explains that Betzalel was given the responsibility of building the Mishkan. Moshe was given the responsibility of teaching Betzalel about the Mishkan. There are certain things about the Mishkan that we understand that Moshe could not comprehend. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to show him had to show him the menorah. There are other things in, in the Mishkan that Moshe needed a visual aid to understand. But yet we see no case at all that Betzalel didn't understand. Betzalel somehow was Betzalel in the shadow of God. He understood everything. Why is that? Rav Bar Shaul explained that Betzalel was given the responsibility of being the architect. Therefore, he was given all the necessary requirements, understanding, wisdom to build the Mishkan. And therefore, he did understand the Mishkan. That was part of Siyata Dishmaya, part of God's help for him in order for him to fulfill his Tafkid. But if it's not your Tafkid, then Moshe Rabbeinu was not given those special gifts of understanding the architecture of the Mishkan. Moshe needed to tell Betzalel, so HaKadosh Baruch had to explain to Moshe what to do, but Betzalel would understand it intuitively because that was his tafkid. HaKadosh Baruch gave him Siyata Dishmaya. The hardest thing of this, this discussion would be for a person really to try to analyze what is his tafkid. How does a person really know what God destined for him individually? And the answer would seem to be that a person has to look at the gifts that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to him. He has to look at the time, place, situation in which he is found in order to develop his own personality and fulfill his requirements. I still shudder when I remember Rav Salavechik saying that he knew and understood his own personal responsibility. He said that I know that I was born into my family in the time period in which I was born because my responsibility was to take the Torah of Brisk, the Torah developed by my grandfather, and transform it and transfer it and bring it to a new world, bring it to new types of students. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu put me in the right time and the right place with the right abilities of fulfilling that tafkid. And then he said, had I been born in the time of the Rishonim, had I been born many, many, many years ago, that could not have been my tafkid. I would have been a gatekeeper or something to that effect. That chilling statement, perhaps Salavechik, that he himself felt his tafkid could only be done in a certain time, in a certain place, 
is the challenge for all of us. Everyone has to try to fill the tafkid which HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives to him and somehow intuit what that tafkid is. So according to this line of understanding, we would understand the prayer a little different. Baruch gave us this day of Yom Kippur, a day of Mechila, Slicha, in order to stop Oshek. We owe something to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a tafkidi, gave us a responsibility, and we have to pay back this responsibility. We have to fulfill our responsibility. Otherwise, we're holding back from HaKadosh Baruch Hu what we really should give him, the fulfillment of our shlichas, of our responsibility. And Rav Kook said, and the Rav quoted it, one of the few places where I heard Rav Salavechi quote Rav Kook is on one of the prayers that we say in every tefillah on Yom Kippur. Elokai ad shelo notzarti e'nichidai v'achshav shel notzarti ki'u lo notzarti. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, until I was created, I was not worthy. But now that I was created, I was not worthy. Rav Kook explained that every single person has a certain responsibility, a certain shlichus, a certain tafkid. But that tafkid, that shlichut can only be done in the generation in which he was born, at the time when he was created. HaGadosh Baruch put him in a certain time in order to fulfill dar, dar, v'darshav, dar, dar, v'saf of each generation and its different types of responsibilities. So before I was created, Eini Chedai, Obviously, I was not worth anything before I was created because I do, could not have done any shlichut in that generation. However, in Yom Kippur is the time to do introspection and think, now that I was created, now that I do have a tafkid, I don't know if I fulfill my tafkid. Yom Kippur was given for me with this goal in mind, that we should stop, try to understand what our tafkid is, and give back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, render to HaKadosh Baruch Hu the fulfillment of the shlichut which He placed upon us. We have seen how different people can interpret the same phrase in davening in four different ways. The davening of Yom Kippur is not static. It does not have one interpretation for everybody. Everybody in Yom Kippur should daven, understand their tefillos, which are not necessarily the same as the tefillos of another person. They may be the same words but they're not the same kavana. Each person has his own understanding. Each person has his own tefillahs of Yom Kippur. Whether it's a perush of one Rav Moshe Feinstein or Rav David Kohn or Rav Kook or Rav Salavechik, we have one goal in mind. To do the will of God and we should obi zocha for gemar chasim atova anachnu v'chol Yisrael. Amen. You've been listening to Rabbi Yamin Tavori on Tefillat Yom Kippur. This is our last broadcast before Yom Kippur, and basically our last broadcast for this uh, for this period. We'll be back after Sukkot with a a new set of shiurim, new series. Uh, we'll be sending, of course, an announcement to the mailing list. Hopefully, you're on the mailing list. In any event, we'll be back after uh, after after Sukkot. A few days after Sukkot, we'll start again with the new. Winter series for KMTT. And I want to take this opportunity to wish everybody a Yom Kippur, 
of avodah, of service, of tshuva, the kapara, the chol Yisrael, lachem v'lechol Yisrael. And we conclude today's broadcast and the Chodesh Elo broadcast with one more excerpt from the CD of Nigunei Shivat Haaretzion Le Yamim Anoraim, recorded not on Yom Kippur, but nonetheless Mitfilot Yom Kippur. Gmar Tov, Kol Tov, Shabbat Shalom, and we'll be hearing from each other, you'll be hearing from us, maybe we'll be hearing from you, in the near future, Lachar HaChagim.